Hello and welcome once again. My name is Michael Dawson from the Action Factory and this is the Solution Focused Toolkit. If you're in the social care industry, youth work, anything where you're working with people, then we're here every Monday morning to tell you that you have got the greatest job ever. And um, that's why we produce this podcast every single Monday um, because you are our ideal listener. We look at the world through a solution-focused lens. This week, as promised, I want to talk about the principles of solution-focused brief therapy and respect and how this could improve your service. And first of all, I want to tell you a little story about that. Um, it, we didn't know we were allowed in there. Um, when we had our family intervention service, um, we used to have a really nice um, reception room. People were coming with all kinds of problems and family issues. And the very first thing that we wanted to do was to help them feel welcome, take away a lot of the pressure. And so the room was really, really lovely. It's something we were very, very conscious of. So one day I had a call to say my appointment had arrived and I went downstairs and the family was still kind of stood in the main reception area. And so I popped my head into the um, waiting room and there was nobody there. I thought it could be full or my uh, colleagues may well have uh, appointments, but there was no one there. And um, I said to the um, I said to the client, I said, um, "Oh, why didn't you pop in and take a seat?" And the mother said, "Oh, we didn't think we were allowed in there." Now, that's something that I've thought about since, and it was something I was kind of ashamed of and proud of at the same time. And I say that from the point of view of being a very regular client as a young person of uh, Withinshaw Social Services, that is Withinshaw in Manchester. Now, this was decades ago, and I'm sure things have changed. However, my memory of going to that office was um, that the reception area was kind of barred off from general members of the public, and it, it even had, like, cigarette dims on the floor and things like that. The furniture was that old PVC stuff, you know, where the foam, if you make a hole, the foam kind of bursts out. And sometimes I used to be there with my mum and dad because we were clients, obviously, and um, we would be kept waiting for an age and it was torture, especially as a child. And there was no refreshments of any kind, nothing offered, no machine, anything. I used to sometimes beg my mum, could I go down to the shop? And she'd say, oh, we'll be going in soon, you know, just to get some sweets or something. Nothing to read, nothing to do. And... All the, col all the colleagues and clients and people pretty much ignored you and except for the person you were there to see. And there was a complete uh, segregation of the area. Now, if that sounds familiar to you in your service, then um, it's a shame that that's still the case. But certainly it applies in business too. I have visited hundreds, thousands of people company receptions some from um you know huge um name companies you know big blue chip companies and it's a similar thing i have uh, arrived in a reception area that seems forgotten the reception area was kind of uh, got delivery boxes in it and catalogues that are half opened and pieces of polystyrene all over the floor there's a reception desk that no human being actually uses 
And um, this is the impression I feel before I go for that meeting. And of course, the opposite is true in many, many other companies. So this is when we talk about the solution-focused approach. I am not talking in particular about the the what we might call you know the 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 kind of verbal model that we use. So I want you to imagine something now. Imagine you're uh, you've got a friend coming over for tea at your house, and they'd arrive. And you would probably offer them um, refreshments, maybe a cup of tea, maybe a biscuit, uh, maybe even come for a meal. Um, certainly, we do make an effort if if our if mother's coming, we do like to have the hobnobs in because she likes the hobnobs. They're not for us, they're for her, and that's what she likes. Um, and if I'm walking around the house, especially with a new friend or someone that's new to the house, and I, I meet other members of the family, sisters, brothers, friends, you would certainly introduce them and say, oh, that this is my mum. Hi, this is this is Mike. He's just popped around for a cup of tea. And when I look around the house or people look around the house, they will see a reflection of me and my family and what we're all about, what our style is and how we work. So um, hopefully you see the importance of this. Now then, when we ran the uh, family intervention team, remember the people arriving there were there for all kinds of troubles, family troubles, uh, families that weren't getting on, children to be sorted out, if you like, and all those kinds of ideas before they arrived. So they had no idea really what to expect. Because to tell you the background, usually the conversation would start with a social worker who would say, uh, just like happened to me as a kid, the parent would say, I can't cope anymore, I, I need to put him in care. And often that would happen. But of course, our service was there and say, no, we will refer you to family intervention and they would come to us. So when they arrived, uh, as you can imagine, the children were sometimes apprehensive. I'm here to get in trouble. I'm here to be told to behave myself, so I'll go into care. Parents were here to be told, you know, to be better parents, etc., etc. Of course, none of that was true. However, it was very disarming to arrive and find that the uh, receptionist was a human being who would uh, ask them if they'd like to wait and I'll get your meeting along and I, would you like a cup of tea? Sometimes we would have ice cream in the hot weather for the kids, little tiny ice creams and stuff like that. All the staff in reception were human beings. If I was taking a group of clients or a family to a family room to have a chat and we passed in the corridor just like going to someone's house we would introduce our colleague just passing as you would at home how oh hi uh i these are this is the jones family we're just going to go and have a chat this is karen she's one of my colleagues we'd maybe have even have a little bit of banter the vibe was very positive and the smiles were around the place that was on purpose. There was a fantastic vibe in the place. So you can imagine, by the time we go into a, I don't know what to call it, not a therapy room, but a, you know, a consulting room, these were the same. These were beautifully decorated. Da, 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 da. So where does that leave us then? Well, I just think it's important because as a manager, and I know a lot of you are managers, or even as, a, even as a, a, one of the uh, key workers, is it possible that you can now 
enter your workplace um, and look at it from a client's point of view and have a think about what those expectations might be. What's the decor like? What's the furniture like? What's the condition of the room? And I know I can hear people screaming, budget, budget. And yes, we had a we had a wonderful budget for our service. It was really, really generous. And that was the reason why. However, it is possible to, at the very least, keep your reception area um, tiny, tidy and increase the expectations of your clients. Is there a human being in your reception? Less and less the humans there. You know, is there a, any kind of refreshments available? Is it possible that someone could, as a rule, always offer a cup of tea or coffee or something like that? Is the reception warm and inviting? And does it exceed expectations even? Is it possible there could be, um, you know, magazines and, and things like that? And we all know about, you know, a lot of you work in places like youth clubs and we all know what goes on there. But again, it is about uh, do we have respect for the place we work at? Are there efforts to start and finish sessions with a general kind of tidy up? Are the staff consistent in their approach with that? And um, what are the expectations of your service and beyond i.e., you know, kind of signposting and offering other services. Yes, uh, I accept budgets, but um, these principles apply to all services, whether social or business. So you may say, well, why is all this solution-focused? I've not seen any of this in the solution-focused books and texts that I've read. Well, First of all, I think we have to think of the paradigm. Why are your clients there? And what kind of mindset are they in? And can you break that paradigm? Can you break that mindset? Because if you break that mindset and shift their expectations, then suddenly they, the mind is kind of caught out. And a lot of our young people used to arrive and they used to think, mm, I thought I was here to be told to behave myself. However... There's just this nice reception. I'm treated with respect, uh, just like any other person, and uh, I'm not treated like a bad parent. So it's a switch in the mindset. And of course, solution-focused approach is more than the words we say. So you imagine how many of these barriers we've knocked down by the time we get to sit down. Those perceptions have been challenged. And... That's why I think just focusing on this little bit, I found it really, really interesting. Now, I know from all the training sessions that we do at the Action Factory, we deal with teams of social workers, charitable workers, etc., etc. I've seen that light go on. Um, I've seen the light bulb in the minds light up. And we've talked about, you know, um, clients have spoken to me about, wow, yeah, it's something we don't really think about as much because we're busy people however we're going to go back we're going to look at our service we're going to walk through that door as a customer and see how that feels so hopefully that's food for thought um thanks so much for listening to the solution focus toolkit uh, remember we're here every monday to remind you that you've got the greatest job in the world if you are dealing with people you are there to help make their lives better and um don't forget, you can pick up the free uh, PDFs 
uh, by clicking on the link somewhere around this podcast or going to the website. Uh, we call them desk droppers. They are just quick PDFs with some really good pointers for you uh, that might just be useful. Uh, so there you go that's it that's this week's edition of the solution focus toolkit thanks for being there next week um fully enough we're going to be talking about why you might not need any training in solution focused approach uh interesting um stick around that's going to be next monday morning and thanks for listening